Uh, I just today, uh, the word obviously you can see is sharing the inheritance in the journey of life. Uh, a lot of what I'm sharing today is coming out of mistakes in my own life and uh, to kind of spark some things. It most All of you know, or most all of you know, that you know, my dad went to be with Jesus uh, back in October of 2015. Uh, before that, you know, he had moved in with Paul and I and was living with us. He was 92 at the time. Uh, and the interesting thing was is that I had the opportunity to walk with him as a son, uh, which was very cool and, you know, and very redemptive in both of our lives. But the other interesting thing that God gave me the opportunity to walk in was in business with him for the last, really since 1978, really, I guess. So how many years we've been married? I was in business with dad. And so uh, in that, as, as years proceeded, I learned a lot about life. I learned a lot about my myself. And it was interesting to me, a lot of stuff I did not really come to know and realize until after he went to be with Jesus, particularly in the area, in the area of business and walking in relationship with him in business. And I, most of you know the story and some of the stuff that I had to, we were dealing with is, is that his dad, you know, got older. He was 92 when he died, like I said. Um, his ability to process things was a little bit different than it was a few years earlier. And so, but that was really was an, the important thing. What was important is understanding the power of inheritance. And uh, both from a son standpoint, but both in a, in a son in business standpoint. And, uh, and so a lot of what I share today was sparked out of some of the things that God has been birthing in me. And I share these things with you and the desire that you would not make the same mistakes I have made. And uh, because when we talk about inheritance, um, it's biblical. In fact, I believe the Word of God gives us understanding how to walk in every facet of it, of our lives. Every one of us in this room will deal with it in some way, shape, or form because, uh, you know, unless Jesus comes, our parents will die. And also the reality is that all of us in this room at some point in time will grow older and there's an inheritance in us. And also there's another on the flip side, y'all, there is a place that as your parents may get older, they will, you know, they will get older and there's an inheritance issue there. But also what's very, 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 very important is the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. And how do we share in the inheritance? And so just when I'm talking about inheritance, just to review something, because about a couple of weeks ago I spoke about this, you got to realize that there's three facets, three spheres of inheritance. One is our physical inheritance. Like Paul and I have a, Shay and Michelle would be our heirs. And there are certain things that we, we made a will out. And and. and pertaining to how our estate would be handled. And so, and that's very, very important. But also there's a spiritual ministry inheritance, which is very, very important. And I shared with you a lot about, uh, I mean, gave you some examples before, which you see these magnification of ministries. And for, for I think a lot of the major ministries are out there 
and functioning fruitful because of inheritance. Uh, you know, Bethel is nothing, a ministry that is compounded in the power of inheritance. Um, you know, uh, Andy Stanley, you know, Charles Stanley's son. That is nothing, I think, generational inheritance being passed on, even though it doesn't necessarily fall into his church, in the same church, but there's a ministry inheritance passing on. And I could go on and list other ones, but I'd just be honest with you. My conviction is both physically and spiritually, ministry standpoint, that true wealth, lasting wealth, occurs in understanding the principle of inheritance. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was looking at uh, some of the big businesses that were built on inheritance. Uh, Walmart, right now, has gone massive. We know that. But be honest with you, Sam Walton started, but be honest with you, this principle we'll talk about today is one of the reasons why Walmart is so continued to prosper after Sam Walton really kind of backed out of this, well, died, but even before that, before he um, fell out of the scene. So we're, we're talking about physical inheritance, we're talking about spiritual ministry inheritance, but the third thing is our spiritual inheritance our, it, that is in Christ Jesus. So that's massive, and we could, I could talk about each one of those things there and, uh, and preach for a long time about each one of those. But today, God's just got something about inheritance He wants us to realize. And there's two foundational things that's important for us to realize about inheritance. Is When I first started thinking about inheritance, I kind of fell into the Western mindset. Inheritance occurred when people died. That's not biblical. In fact, let's look at some passages of Scripture here in Luke chapter 15. This passage of Scripture always kind of confused me. And notice this. This is the, prodigal, the parable of the prodigal sons. I call it prodigal sons, not a son, but prodigal sons. And notice it says here, The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his inherit, his wealth between what? Them. Both of them. Well, he ain't dead. So if, you know, if I'm thinking Western, I'm thinking, what is the dude doing, man? He is not being smart. But you know what he's being? He's being biblical. Because... The reality is that in the scripture, inheritance is not shared at death. Inheritance is shared and imparted in life. Totally different. We've been walking through this indwelling place for the last six or seven years. I, you know, I've told the guys, I know there's a thing in the leadership, the next generation, there's an inheritance to pass on. In fact, when I was in Croatia, God spoke big to me about inheritance. I'm entertaining, I'm thought, thinking about it, and all of a sudden I did the Holy Ghost lucky dip method, and all of a sudden God started speaking to me a past scripture in Isaiah just directly about inheritance in relationship to ministry. And so it's just been stirring in me. We've been doing it, but we haven't understood it. Because we think, oh, okay, there's one generation stops, the next generation begins, there's this inheritance passed on. No, that's not scriptural. That's Western. 
So how do, what is this? Shared, literally to see the title, sharing in the inheritance in the journey of life. Well, what is this? Let me give you some samples of this. Notice this shared inheritance. Elijah and Elisha. Elijah, Elijah passed, of God told him, he says, Elijah's, Elisha's the one. And so Elijah goes over, passed over to him, and threw his mantle on him and said, come. What's he doing there? He's put his mantle on him. The mantle was his ministry. That's what fell off when Elijah went up. And Elisha picked it up. He put his mantle on him. He said, come on, share in this. Come on. And it was a long period of time between this event and when Elijah goes up. Notice the next one, and David and Solomon. This was interesting to me. I never saw this before. He, David, made Solomon his, king, his son king over Israel. And then there, this one's in, that's the first one is in, is in uh, 1 Chronicles 23. And the next one is in 1 Chronicles 29. They made Solomon, son of David, king a second time. Why? Because early on, David says, you are king. And then for a significant period of time, David starts really ordering crazy, ordering everything. And then they, they say, okay, now we make you king. Second time. In other words, he released it. Totally. In other words, there was this place that where David said, I'm giving you my inheritance. I am making you king. Now. But then he walked, but David was still what? King. You had two kings at one time. And so why do you do that? Go on. Next, Jesus and the Father. Get this one. This was interesting. You never think about this. In John 3.35, Jesus says, the Father loves the Son, has given him all things. The Father, God the Father, imparted to the Son all things. In John 16, 13, all that the Father has are mine. It's his. The Father imparted everything to him. And, 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 and guess what? God the Father ain't gone away. And so you're seeing this, and I could go on some other, you've got some other ones in Scripture, Paul and Timothy. And, uh, and there's others that you see in examples. Let's go on to the next slide. Okay, so... First principle I want you to know is inheritance is to be shared in life, not at death. Uh, sure, it's going to happen at death, but that's not the optimum. Let me put a little commercial in this. It's interesting. I took David and Solomon, where you say David and Solomon operated in a way. David made Solomon king when he wasn't dead, and he passed on to him his kingdom when he's not dead. Okay. Then I started looking at the lives of people like Hezekiah, who Hezekiah was a godly king, or Jehoshaphat. But the, literally where you see these guys, the, their sons after them were evil. In fact, Hezekiah's son was name was Manasseh, and Manasseh was one of the most evil. You know why? Because Manasseh only came close to the kingdom after his father died. He did not walk this out. He did not share in it. It was like, okay, king, not king, dead, become king. But what is this about this inheritance? And the second thing I want you to catch is there's 
sharing the inheritance in life. The second thing, there's a difference between the inheritance and a blessing. And I was sharing this. Notice this in, Hebrew, in Hebrews, and it's talking about Esau and Jacob. And notice how this progression here. For Esau sold his own birthright for a single meal. Okay, there's the inheritance. He sold his inheritance for a single meal. You know, so you know, that was selling his inheritance. But then notice this. Later on, I can't remember. I forgot how many chapters it is different in a long time in their life with Jacob and Esau is that all of a sudden East Jacob fools uh, his father Isaac into thinking that it's him I mean, thinking that he was um, Esau, and Isaac blesses, gives Jacob the blessing. And, I, and notice that's what he's saying here. Esau sold his own birthright for a single mirror. For you know that afterwards when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. See, there's, there is the inheritance, and there's the blessing to empower the inheritance. Two different things. It's interesting this to me. With Jesus, we see, in, like I quoted to you earlier, in John 3.35, where Jesus says, the, your Father loves the Son and has given him all things. But notice that, oh, I'm sorry, go back to that. that yeah, thank you. Uh, notice this statement about Jesus. He became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, God also highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name. That's a blessing. That was not till after Jesus raised from the dead. He humbled himself into the point of death, even death on the cross. See, there was a blessing there. Read in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 and notice the correlation between God the Father and God the Son. And you'll see this correlation here. So there is, there's an inheritance, but then there's a blessing to follow. And I'll say this, y'all. You can get the inheritance without the blessing. Which is not cool. Because why is it? And I'll, I'll say this to you, and we'll look at this a little later. God's design of inheritance and blessing is double portion. That's God's design. God's design is what one generation starts, the next generation will stand on their shoulders. Uh, example, Jesus. God the Father is very powerful. There is no one like him. But whose name is it that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess? It's Jesus. Jesus told so anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just telling you how powerful this is. Two, two very important principles, inheritance is to be shared in life, and two is there's a blessing in it. So what will happen is you share the inheritance, and then in a, at, a, at a moment in time, a blessing is imparted in relationship to the inheritance. And that launches. And I, I just confess this to you. Uh, I inherited, along with my nephew's dad's estate. But what we didn't get was the blessing. And I can feel it in the spirit. And, and, it, and it's not necessarily him saying, I bless you, even though that is part of it sometime. 
but I know that that inheritance that we took, we've we received by dad's, by, you know, legally imparting is designed to go much further and more intense than, than just a single bit of resources. It's designed to have the blessing. Designed like a, a rocket is designed to take and go into outer space. It's the engine in it that takes it there. And the inheritance is like a rocket. The blessing is like the engine that takes it to the destiny that got, it's been purposed for, whatever it is. So, now in this, and notice the statement that I make here, and I, I'm sorry, I, 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 add, I changed the, the statement that, and I did not put it on the notes and apologize. An inheritance is the content and the blessing is the empowerment to multiply the content of the inheritance. And so what I'm asking you to think is scripturally. I'm asking you to realize if you're, if you're a father or mother in the faith, you have an inheritance. And I ask you to take note of the inheritance. If you're a son or a daughter in the faith or a son or daughter physically, I ask you to take note there is an inheritance. Whether you want it or not, there is an inheritance. And God's heart is for you to participate in that and get all that you have in that. And that's where I'm asking you to just entertain the things I'm talking about today. Well, why is the inheritance imparted or shared in the journey of life? Why is that? Now, first principle is it's the opportunity of relationship. It's interesting to me. God the Father gives to Jesus all things. But notice this. is for the Father loves the Son and shows him all things he's doing. Why does the Father show him all things he's doing? Why? Because the intensity of relationship. Y'all, God gave me an opportunity for 37, 38 years to walk with my dad and my brother. Y'all, yeah, it's in business, okay? But there was not, there was, I, and probably in the last, since Bud died, or Bud got sick, um, I would say since 2000, Bud died in 2001, we found out he was sick in probably late 90s. I, I would say there was hardly a weekday that I did not talk with that because, because of stuff happening in business. And so, you know, and that's probably one of the, the hardest things it's been about in relationship to since dad died. It's just the habit of going, you pick up the phone, well, we've got to deal with this. And, and you know, and that's the hardest one thing. But, but it is a cool thing, the relationship that God gives you shares this inheritance and it's an opportunity of relationship to take advantage of it. Go to the next passage of Scripture. Elijah and Elisha. Then he, you know, Elijah put his mantle over him and then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. Constantly. That's what Elijah, Elisha did, did for Elijah. As they were going along talking, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses which separated two of them and Elijah went up. It's interesting to me that Elijah's 
inheritance fell from him to Elisha as the two of them were intensity of relationship. That's really interesting to me. It didn't happen while Elijah was off in prayer seeking the Lord that a chariot came. It came while they're going along talking in relationship. It's like God always to bless relationship. It's interesting to me. Go to the next slide. Uh, the second thing I want you, that's why God would do this is that you have a chance to walk in an inheritance as a son and daughter, not as a slave. You know, in certain ways, I had to tell you this, this is sort of how I walked in our inheritance in some ways until Dad got really sick. Dad goes, I'm the boss, you do what I say. I used to, when Paul and I, when I was in business with Dad and Bud in the convenience store business, one time Paul and I were in Chicago and we saw this uh, poster that we had decapods for him on this big plaque. It was a picture of a mafia boss sitting at his desk with his arms folded. And he had two thugs behind him. And the caption said, whenever I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Dad took that thing and put it behind his desk in his office. So anybody that came in to do business, there's that picture of him. I remember one time, Dad, Dad and I were back in the early, I don't know when this, in the 70s, 80s, it came, fountain drinks were coming out, you know, fountain drink program. And I said, you know, we were all the way up to this point in time, we was just bottled drinks, you know, and I'm going, I've just researched this, I'm going, you know, this is the wave of the future. We need to do this fountain drink program. I worked up all the numbers on it, presented it to Dad and Bud, and Dad said, nah, we don't need that thing. One of the largest arguments Dad and I ever had was over fountain drinks. And he said, ah, we don't need that. A year later, he calls Bud and I in the office and says, listen, I've been thinking about it. I've been looking. I think we need to do this fountain drink program. I've been looking at it. I think it's a good thing to do. He didn't acknowledge anything that I had said about it. It was his idea. But God's heart is it not to be as a slave thing. That walking in the inheritance as a son or daughter, you know, because what, look at this, under three things the earth quakes and under four it cannot bear up. Under a slave, when he becomes a king. See, a slave mindset cannot handle the authority, cannot handle the inheritance. Why is it that so many people, when there's an inheritance given, they blow the money? or the blow the resource, because they're thinking like a slave. But God's called you to, to share in the inheritance and walk in the relationship so that you step into it, not as a slave, but as a son or daughter. As it just ranges your thinking. It's a chance to process. And so, and so look at this. You know, the one, Jesus, look at this. this is, Jesus is the per, Jesus and the Father are a perfect example of this inheritance thing. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things he's doing. Shows him all things he's doing. Why is that? Because no longer do I call you slaves, but friends. For a slave does not know what his master is doing. See, Jesus wasn't a slave to the Father. He was a son. And because he was a son... He knew what was going on. So why 
You walk in an inheritance as a son or daughter, not as a slave. Go to the next slide. You see some other examples in there. Uh, well, uh, yeah, here, oh yeah, this was the verses. I'm sorry, I, I'm about to skip this one. And this was interesting to me. You notice the past scripture I showed you earlier in Luke chapter 15, verse 12, where the younger son asks for his inheritance and the father divides it with them? You hear me? With them? Well, look at this. But he, this is when the son comes back and the father goes out to the older son, the other prodigal son who stayed in the field. So he goes out into the field. Listen to what the son says. But he answered and said to his father, look, for so many years I have been serving you. He's thinking like a what? Slave. I've been serving you and I have never neglected a command of yours yet. You have never given me a goat. Y'all, he already had the goats. But he's thinking like a what? Slave. He did not know how to share in the inheritance. Just like, I'll be honest with you, I, I really relate to this guy. I, I have to confess, one of the things I did with dad, I thought like a slave. I did not understand some of this stuff. Let's go on to the next slide. Three, greed is defeated. You're not, a person's not after the content of the inheritance, but they're after the heart of the relationship. Ah, dude, y'all. If you can press through, because sometimes inheritances, you know, they can, you know, the greatest temptation a man or woman will ever face is success. Let me tell you something. I never thought I had the problem with the love of money until all of a sudden I got exposed to a lot of money. I remember one time, you know, this did not happen, so don't think we had this. But I remember one time when the real estate market was just super crazy, and all of a sudden, you know, they're, 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 somebody was wanting to buy our stuff for us at this really overinflated price, and they said, we'll give you a million dollars down, and we'll give you $36,000 a month for 18 months, and then at the end of that period of time, we'll give you all these other millions of dollars. I went and talked to Paul, and I said, she, I go, babe, this is what they're offering. She goes, man, we're going to have to budget our money. You know, we're just going to have to deal with this stuff on $36,000. You know, I know, babe, that's $36,000 a month. We're going, huh? But then all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden that thing started to go away. Guess what? I felt rising up in me. Greed and stuff that I never thought was there. And I didn't throw those, y'all, that wasn't, that was inflated. <laughs> so I didn't get that kind of stuff. So anyway, don't think I'm there. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, y'all, to walk in an inheritance, not where you're looking at the money or the resources that, that's in the inheritance, you see the heart. You know, whether it's physical or ministry or Jesus is inheritance. Greed is defeated when you share in the inheritance. Let me give you examples of this. He said, Jesus, look at this. At the end, end of his life is the prayer. I have glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me. Now, Father, glorify together me with yourself, with the glory I had with you before the word. Well, you know what he's saying there? Here he is about to have a name which is above every other name, and just massive things released into his existence. He knows it's coming, but you know what he's wanting to do? Dad, I want to be with you. 
I want to be with you. Now tell me, that's a son that's after a heart and not a substance. In fact, y'all, you know he was, he's not after the substance because what did he do? He turned around and gave it to us. That's a class act. Greed is defeated. Verses in Proverbs, I mean in Luke chapter 15, verse 12, the younger of them said to his father, give me my share of this state. So what did he do with his share, y'all? He went out and what? Spent it. It's interesting to me. A lot of times in ministry, this ministry inheritance that people will be around and all they're after is what the ministry is something. And they'll start to think about what their ministry is, what their ministry is, and they will not catch the heart of what's going on in somebody. And, and let me tell you something, what it'll do to somebody when, uh, you know, kind of pick on you, Simonis. Both of them, but this one particularly. There was a period of time that Mitch and I, you know, there were some things where Mitch and I were going through a really tough time, or a bunch of us, and, but Mitch and I had one of these, was it six-hour or eight-hour conversations? But anyway, you know, there's a place in it where I, Paul and I just were really in this transition into a totally separate ministry than what they were at, and Simona said to me, said, you know, wherever you go that's where I want to be what is he saying I don't care about what your what your ministry is or what I'm after your heart you're more important to me than ministry you're more important than an inheritance let me tell you something what that does to a dad I wish anything I could have communicated the depths of that to my dad you know instead of worrying about whether the business was going to be profitable or not. But just even though if he's saying things that are not right, y'all, he's saying things that would cause us to lose money, what's more important, him or money? Looking from this side, I'd know what he is. And so, you know... Greed is defeated. Sharing, go to the next slide, please. Fourth, sharing the journey releases the blessing of the inheritance. I want to say this to you. The, journey, the blessing of the inheritance is in the journey. What we want to do, oh, you get the inheritance. Will you come and pray over me, please? Bless me. That makes a father go, oh. What do you want? Yeah, I'll bless you. Just go ahead. That's sort of like God the Father. You remember in Exodus 33 where their children of Israel want to go into the promised land? They want to go to, they're going to go to the promised land. God, Jesus says, you know, I mean, I mean, God the Father says, well, it probably was Jesus saying to Moses and said, you know, go into the land, but I cannot go with you. And Moses goes, no, if you don't go with us into the land, do not lead us up from here. You, the inheritance is not the important part. The promised land is not the important part. You're important. And so that's where the blessing is. Look at this in Proverbs 20, 21. An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. 
I never totally understood that. But you know what that's talking about is that you're getting the inheritance without the blessing. It's not, it's, the journey is where the blessing is. Look at this with Jesus. Again, he's the perfect example. Who, although existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. That is a crazy statement. He's not worried about being equal. He wasn't worried about being equal in relationship to us. His whole goal was to make us equal with him. Why? Seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So like I said a while ago, class act, Jesus, man, you're it. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of a man, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason also, for this reason, y'all, for this reason, for this reason. Why? Because he did what? Humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name. That's the heart of a father. So anyway, you know, it's interesting to me, y'all. Elijah and Elisha. You know, I don't have the notes on that. I mean, the verses up here on that. But Elijah kept telling Elisha, go on, go on. I've got to go to Jericho. I've got to go to uh, um, Jericho. I've got to go to the Jordan. I, and I've got to go somewhere else. I forgot what it was. There was three places he told him. I've got to go. And, said, and Elisha goes, as the Lord lives, I will not depart from you. And then all of a sudden, Elijah, they cross over and he says to him, you know, he says, what, are you, what, are you, what do you want me to do for you? Elisha says, I want a double portion of what you're about. In other words, he don't say, I'm going to pick and choose. He says, I want a double portion of who you are and what you're about. And Elisha tells him, Elijah tells Elisha, if you're with me when, when I go, you'll get it. But if not, it won't be so. In other words, it was in the relationship. The journey was where the blessing was. Notice the next thing about it. The fifth thing is impartation and double portion. This is what I just spoke to you about, Elisha. Notice when he'd crossed over and said to him, what shall I do for you? I'm taken from you. And Elijah says, please let a du double portion of your spirit be upon me. And notice what happened when Elijah went up. It says, now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho opposite him saw him and they said the spirit of Elijah rest on Elisha. Blessing, double portion. You know, that's where it is. I mean, that's why... I, it says, Jesus said to the disciples, you know, he told them, he said, uh, uh, the works that I do, you what? Shall do also. Not only this, what? Greater works than you shall do because I go to the Father. What is that? That's a double portion. That is an inheritance thing that God's calling us to step into. And so one of the things, in, and I could speak on and on and on, how, how do you respond as a son, how you respond as a father, but the Lord's told us to do something today in a series of things. And Leah and Leanne, who is not here, and, and uh, Jared are going to do something that we hope kickstarts some of this stuff. What I want to say is, inside this, y'all, 
If you, every one of us in this room have a sit as a father or mother in the faith, or father and mother. And flip side, every one of them in this room are either a, so, a daughter and a son, and there's an inheritance for you to receive. Some level, in some place, in some way. And I want to... Uh, um, Amanda, if Amanda would... I want you all to... Leanne, uh, she couldn't be here this morning. Her and David, they had to go somewhere. And she did something here that, that I just really wanted to just share with you. So she's going to come to us via, via Facebook, uh, YouTube. So. But I wanted to share with you a recent aha I've had about inheritance. My dad's turned 70 on Monday, and I was racking my brain on a way to sure. get him a gift that would bless him. He doesn't receive gifts very well, so I was trying to think of how can I honor him? How can I really affirm him? and show him how grateful I am for all that he's given. And so I came up with this idea that I would get 70 reasons to celebrate 70 years of Robert Adrian Pearson. And then I started the list and realized 70 is a really long list. So I cut it back to 35 years of celebrating 70 years of Robert Adrian Pearson. And when I started going through the list, it was incredible just to call out his strength and his wisdom in his entrepreneurial ways, the way that he built character through failures and successes in business, how he is always standing for truth, rarely compromised in issues where integrity was involved. And as I started to list these things, I began to realize this is my inheritance. This is what I get to walk in because my dad has sown so much of it and has borne so much fruit, and I've got to be a part of that. And maybe want all the more to get blessing from him and to receive more wisdom from him and to enter into more of the fullness of what he's given me. And so as I was kind of finalizing the, the letter and, and everything that I had called out and the reasons why I wanted to celebrate him, and I was kind of just, I was thanking him that he's the one that introduced me to Jesus and really set me on this path, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm going to rewrite history on your dad's heart. He believes that he failed. And then he made way too many mistakes. But this letter is going to rewrite the message on his heart. And he's going to know that I attribute righteousness to him, that I call him faithful, and that I call him a friend. And so that reality of me blessing and receiving his inheritance was going to actually turn around and allow him to walk into more fullness and allow him to really feel the intense pleasure of the Lord. And I realized that God was going to give him the ability to delight in his children. So this whole thing with inheritance is still those who give and those who receive. And that I can participate in it now, and my dad can participate in it now. But it's not some afterlife that we wait for our inheritance. So I hope the story blesses you, because it rocked me. And uh, I'm so excited to receive what is mine, what inheritance is mine, and to uh, watch what happens when God rewrites history on my dad's heart on Monday. So, blessings. Love you guys. Um, of course, <laughs> I've probably spoken this scripture like, I'd say at least 50 times over the last couple of years, but it just stands out to me um, 
as we were talking, just that Malachi 4, 5, and 6. Thank you. I was getting ready to say. That would help me out. Um, I just think this is interesting. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet. That was pretty cool. So we're talking about Elijah. Before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. And so I think that is the most powerful picture of generation to generation. And it's really this thing of our heart. Like he is stirring something in our heart to turn us to each other. And it's just interesting that in that, the land will be blessed. So blessing comes from this. And, and probably, I don't know, I, I probably talked to Danielle about this. I can't remember. I think it was like two months ago. And it's funny because Lou's not here this morning. But I've been holding, which I, I think it's totally appropriate. He's out on the mission field somewhere. But I've been holding this word. And during worship one Sunday, um, Lou kind of, he, he walks by me, but I don't see Lou. It's like I, it's like I saw him in this Santa suit. And he walks by and I saw this huge bag on his shoulder, and I really felt like the Lord was saying, he has so many gifts to give and to impart, like this huge bag. And I felt like there was just this thing even, like, kind of like, do you think he realizes all that he has? So I could feel this expectation in me. And, um, and so I've kind of been sitting on this word for several months. And um, the funny thing is, a couple weeks ago, and I see I didn't tell them, him this either. I've had all these conversations, and I've got this in the back of my mind, so he'll laugh. But he, out of the blue, he gives me this magazine. And he's like, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to give this to you because it would impart something to you. And I felt like it was just this confirmation to me. But in it, I felt like I had this faith to receive because I already recognized that, man, this man has something that can change and shift things in me. So there was this, this stirring of faith within me. And, um, and I really felt like we, we were talking about, okay, you know, Western cultures also, you know, they wait till someone dies. And I remember a conversation, Marcy's not here, a conversation I had Mar with Marcy a couple years ago, and she's like, can you just have a memorial service for me before I die? I mean, because really, you think about it, you have these memorial service, and everyone speaks like what is in people, and, but they're not there. I'm like, she's like, can you just do that before I, so I've always laughed. I'm like, that is so true. That is so true. And I feel like that kind of fits in um, with this. But I, um, there's so many um, generations that have gone before us. And I think that's even more powerful, realizing like in this room, like, Every single person, there is this generational inheritance, birthrights that are probably beyond what we could ever just even imagine. So in, in this, there's an honoring of the generations that have gone before. Um, so I kind of just want to, 
even even to be able to like ask the Lord about that. I know for me, I had my great grandfather was an, a kneeling evangelist because he was he had club hands and feet, so he couldn't stand. Um, but like I kind of look, I'm like, wow, like there's just so much that that gets passed down. And a lot of times we spend more time breaking off the negative, which is important. But there's so much there that we can walk in, just being able to really ask the Lord about that. But, and this is kind of just a call to just the older generation. I'm not going to put an age on that because I get in trouble when I do that. But it's interesting. I know Kay and Ken, when y'all came and the Macons came, the Goodhalts, y'all all came around the same time. And it was around that season I could feel this word stirring about just calling forth, like, do they realize, like, what's in them? Like, my goodness, like this, this honoring of what, what is, what is in y'all. And I had this picture of my grandmother had, she, we had these damson trees in our backyard, which I don't know if any of y'all know what that is, but they're like these kind of really tart fruit. And my parents, we bought their house, so I grew up there, and we, I would just eat them off the tree because they were, I love sour things. But anyway, my grandmother kind of under the table because she was Southern Baptist, she was kind of known for her damson wine. <laughs> but I had this picture of our basement, and our basement had a big old, it was a root cellar, and so there would just be jars of things um, in there. And, you know, of course, with the damson, I mean, damson wine, like the longer it Stay, I mean, the better it was. And I really felt like that that's what the Lord was saying, that sometimes I think we, we look at the canned, the damsons that are newer, and we're forgetting that we have rows that have taken decades. And so I just really wanted to speak that. Like, there's decades of fine wine that these generations need. Um, there's... There's years that you've walked in that have produced a fruit, that have produced things that we haven't had those years. Um, so I felt like the Lord just was, I think some, pe- like some people are just, they're looking at maybe some of the things that aren't ready, and they're forgetting the multiple things that are ready. Um, and... Also, there is this prophetic word, and this is kind of what I'm going to end on, but Patricia King sent out this one prophetic word, and so I just really want to read it because I've been wanting to just, like, send this to, like, so many people. And it says, I see a company of radical believers in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. See, I'm not the one that's naming the ages here. And beyond. I actually was a little upset because I'm a few years short of this. Um, Arising in these days, this generation is invited by the Spirit of God to experience personal revival that will reignite their passion and their purpose. They are a generation full of wisdom and zeal, and they carry dreams yet to be fulfilled. Their latter glory will be greater than the former. I see them walking with those of the younger generation and empowering them with encouragement in their destiny callings. They are gathering together with excitement for their future, fully confident that God's plan is for their latter days to be filled with fruitfulness and fulfilled dreams. They are redefining the concept and perspective of senior to be that of honor, power, and hope. 
They will be a sought-after and honored generation. Many in their senior years will rise into places of predominance and leadership in their fields of service. They will produce more fruit in their latter days with less effort than they put forth in their former years. Financial increase and sudden provision, provisional surprises will come to them. Favor will rest upon this generation in a wave of healing, health, and rejuvenation in body, soul, and spirit will visit them. They will be filled with joy that overflows, and they will step into supernatural realms of glory and power in ways that the world will have no doubt that God is in the midst of them. This generation will manifest strength, fruitfulness, prosperity, vision, and longevity more than any generation of seniors since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They will finish strong, and there will be many who will live to be over 100 years of age, enjoying active and productive lives. So I think I get to try to tie all this up now. Um, So we were talking on... What day was that? Thursday? We were talking. Um, We were talking about a lot of this stuff, and it was just kind of swirling around as it does in our conversations a lot. We bounce all over the place. And there was a lot of stuff that was coming out, but this idea popped into my head. um, And when I said it, um, I could could just kind of feel the weight of God on it. Um, And even all weekend and even this morning, I've been praying and just saying, God, I I don't want to do something just because it seems right to me. but it just feels like there's an action that we need to take. And I don't want to try to talk it into something and try to make it bigger than what the, the Lord's trying to make it be. Um, but um, I'm glad that Leah read that word. Because um, it feels like we need to start at the age of 50. Um, and what I would like to do, um, you don't have to come up right now, but what I would like to do is ask everybody that's at the age of 50 or over, um, if you could come up and stand on the laminate, Um, When Leanne spoke, she said that she started to write some things about her dad. She was going to write 70 things that she wanted to honor about her dad over the last 70 years of his life. And the Lord spoke to her and said, you're going to rewrite history. In places that he felt like he's failed, there's going to be things changed in his life. I think sometimes we forget the things that are in us. Um, There's a generation that's before me that's walked through the Jesus movement It's walked through the Brownsville Revival. It's walked through the Toronto outpouring. It's walked through incredible, amazing outpourings of God. Those things that God has poured out for all those years haven't just been so that generation could sit and and revel and wonder in the amazingness of God, but those things were poured out to be passed on. Those things were given. There was filling. There was things that were imparted so that those things could be given. I love it when it says that the Spirit of God came and rested on Jesus like a dove. It rested and remained on Him. Even when the woman came and touched Him with the issue of blood and she touched His garment and He said, I felt virtue leave me. A portion of what rested on Him left and He felt it. There's things that have rested on a generation and it's just time to pass some of those things off. It's not that you lose or it's not that God takes it away from you and gives it to somebody else, but it's just passing it on to someone else. There's things that rest on you, and it's just time to share those things. So we want to take an opportunity. We want to take an opportunity for a a generation that's behind you to bless the things that they see in your life. 
There's something about honoring. They get to speak over you and they get to bless the things that they see in you. They bless the things that they see you walk in. They bless the things they look at you and they say, that's what I want to inherit. I want to know that aspect of God. I want that aspect of God to be real in my life the way I see it real in your life. That's what we want to do for a few minutes. We want to give people an opportunity to honor and to bless. Whether it's to wake something up in a generation or whether it's just to remind about there's things to pass on. And then maybe we'll do something else a little bit after that. A little bit of a side note. Um, It's just running through my head. One of the things that Rick talked about was Elijah and Elisha. One of my favorite parts of that story is when Elijah said, if you see me when I'm taken up, then everything that you've asked for will be done. And I love the fact that the, the chariot of fire came, and the chariot of fire came, and it got between Elijah and Elisha. And then it says that there was a whirlwind that came, and it took Elijah to heaven. And I asked the question constantly, God, was that a test for, Elijah, for Elisha to see if he would look at the miraculous more than he would look at his friend? Was that to see if he would focus on the miraculous and take his eyes off of his friend? But he watched and he saw Elijah taken up in the whirlwind and he didn't get lost in the miraculous. He kept his eyes on the relationship. And because of that, everything that he asked for was given to him. I just want to take a few minutes and if, if, if you're comfortable, um, I don't want to force anybody to do anything, but if you're comfortable at the age of 50 and over, if you could come and stand on the laminate, if you want a chair, we can bring some chairs up here. If, you would rather, if you're more comfortable to sit, we can do that. But we're just going to take a few minutes. We want to give the body an opportunity. We want to give the generation that's behind you an opportunity to bless you. We want to give them an opportunity to speak over you the things that they see of the Lord in your life. So if you want to come, please come. Can we, uh, we can spread out a little bit too, um, just so we can see everybody. Um, we can kind of circle around a little bit, or if you need to, you can stand on that first, the steps up there on the, the first step of the stage. So, um, what I want to ask first is if there's anybody that's sitting out here that you just want to speak a blessing, whether it's a prayer, anything that you see that you want to bless this generation with, if you could just come and if you can just come up here and just stand for a second and just speak it over them, just make a declaration over them of the things that you see in their life, just the honor 
and just bless them for the things that they've walked through, the things you've seen them consistently walk in. Thank you, all of you, for being a safe place for us to land, for being patience and kindness and selflessness uh, and modeling all of those things for us. And I'm not far behind you. I just want to say, from my generation, we're not waiting for you to get out of the way. Like, we need you. And I just repent if me or anyone from our generation has ever made you feel like we need you to get out of the way. We just so long to walk in the trails that you've blazed before us. We honor you. I wish I had time to, like, literally call out every single one of you. You, sir, right here, I just want to get to know you. I just feel like there's gold in you, and I just want to get around you. I just want to be around it. So just honor you and so many of you guys. Um, I just wanted to thank all of you. You have had such a special place in my life and in my heart, and um, just the encouragement that you all have been, and you've really inspired me. Um, just growing up and being able to see how sweet and kind you guys are and how much you love the younger generations and even your own generation. So I just wanted to encourage you and just say I'm thankful for you. Yeah, um, I guess when he, he started the um, invitation, I, the couple that came to my head immediately was uh, Pat and Darlene and... Um, I guess I just want to thank you guys for there's just a steadfastness in you and a quiet strength and I just you know pass you guys and see you guys here every Sunday and you're always there to give me a hug and um, I just want to thank you for there's just also this like holiness over you guys it's it's not religi religious but it's just you know I just kind of see it and um, just want to honor you and thank you guys. So love y'all. Um, a couple of times now, this group has been up front, and I just wish you could see what we see back here. It's just so much power, so much wisdom. Um, so we respect and honor when we see this group. It's just like when you guys went forward about a month ago, it was sort of like, wow. Like there was just something awesome about it. And I just want to just thank you for many of you have impacts my personal life. But you all as a group, there's just a lot of power and strength. And I just hope you know that. That's how we see on this side. So standing back here, you guys look like an army, and I just felt like the Lord was saying, bless you, mighty warriors, for the, the path that you've blazed, and I just pray for times of refreshing and blessing and fresh wind for the season that you've been trudging in, so thank you. I just wanted to say that um, I think the reason that a lot of 
us are here or because you're here, because of the lives that, that you all lived. So I just thank you for so much for everything that you sowed into us and all the others who aren't here today. So just thank you. I wanted to thank you all for the investments that you all have made into my generation, and not just my generation, but my children and their generation as well. And I really feel there's going to be a uh, big return on that investment. And I, I'm sitting here thinking of a lot of examples or, or just past memories. Um, and I was going to call out a, a lot of those. I, even yesterday, you know, I was with Papa John. He took me and showed me his garden. That's an inheritance that he's passing on to me, sharing with me about his garden and growing and stuff things that I know nothing about. But it really goes back a long time. You know, Ron McCall has been in my life for a very long time, uh, from the time I was a little kid. And so there has been a lot of investments in my life and now into my kids' lives. And I'll, I thank each and every one of you uh, from the bottom of my heart for that. Um, so I'm, as I'm sitting there, I just I keep hearing steadfastness. Like I see um, just the the loyalty and the faithfulness of a generation um, that have stood with the ups and downs of um, just the world and just anything around them, that they've just been steadfast and faithful in what they know that the Lord has said and who he is. Um, and it kind of ties in with what... Um, she just spoke about the armies. I saw this hedge, and just not only a hedge of protection for the generation below you, but um, almost like a hedge, that a wall that you're building up for the generation behind you as well. And um, I just kept hearing consistency and that steadfastness. Um, and not only with the faithfulness, um, but just over the years, you've been faithful with the little and kind of time what um, Leah was speaking, that the Lord is just going to launch you into the being faithful with much. Like, he's he's not done and he's got so much um where you've been sowing these seeds that you're going to reap that harvest and that um that he's going to allow you for opportunities to be faithful with much hi guys i just wanted to say thank you and um to each and every one of you and when i was sitting in my seat the lord just was touching my heart with all of your all's faithfulness and, and just faithful, faithful, faithful. And, and I'm just so thankful to um, see your faithfulness every single Sunday, see your faithfulness to the Lord and your faithfulness to the body and your love for the body and your kindness. Every one of you, you all have... Um, made this a family of a family of love and and acceptance and and um, just yeah I just wanted to thank you all for that and just um, I just appreciate all all that you all are and all that you've done for us. I just want to say thank you to all of you guys. Um, my first impression when I see, when I saw all of you standing up here is just, this is the beauty of the Lord. This is the beauty of the Lord. And 
I just see you guys as the pillars of righteousness in this house, in this body. And um, I mean, goodness, each of you have just sown so much into my life, into my children's lives, and just to the friends around us. But I'm just, I'm just so thankful, so thankful. Your, your mentors, your teachers, your, your, your mothers and your fathers and your dear, dear, dear friends. And I'm so thankful. And I love you all. Uh, this is my first Sunday here, and I'm normally nervous about going to a new church because I don't know if everyone is welcoming or not. But as soon as I stepped out of my car, this couple here, forgive me, I can't remember your names, but they acknowledged me the minute I got out of my car and helped me come into the church and were so welcoming and so caring. And your generation is all so welcoming and so caring of our generation. And I just want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you both for helping me come into the church for the first time. Thank you. I don't know exactly what I'm going to say, but when Jared brought you all up there, um, there was so much power, came back in the spirit, it took my breath away, and I'm like, it's a rock solid wall, <laughs> and we've been several Sundays talking about a wall being built, and this is where I agree with what Joe said, like, we're not to take your places, you know, and I pray, well, I can join you, and I can build my wall, my part of the wall, like you guys are building your part of the wall, and I think together it's going to be a force that can't be broken. I thought this would be easy. Uh, <laughs> some of my best friends sit up here in the front. Uh, because of this, all of this exists. That's amazing. But one person sticks out to me totally, and that's Tony. Tony's like my Naomi, my joy. Always has been, but one of the things that sticks out is look at the sacrifice, a quarter of the church. It's amazing. Thank you, Tony. I love you. So our society puts a lot of um, emphasis on what you do, what you earn. It shows your worth, what your talents are. You see a homeless man, and our society says that person's worthless because he doesn't have things. Um, and you see a millionaire, and they say he has things, so therefore he is worth something. Um, back in the day, your last name was derived from where you came from. Mine's Jackson, so it's literally Clark, the son of Jack. And I see that your last names are Godson, that you are literally the sons and the daughters of God. You aren't defined by the jobs you have done, by the worth that you have accumulated in this life on earth. You are literally defined because you are the sons and daughters of God. I 
as humans, we make mistakes, we sin. It, it is why we are called human and not literally a God. It's because we are imperfect. But because of God, you guys are perfect. You have chosen to set your lives apart, to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And now you're at an age where you get to see everything that comes from that. You're going to see the generations that you've touched. Just as a farmer doesn't see his crops when he first plants them. It takes years sometimes to see, you know, like the red oaks in California. It takes hundreds of years to see that thing become the beautiful tree that it's becoming. And you guys, I just pray that you are going to see all that hard labor come to pass because you are the sons and daughters of God and your inheritance is coming. I just, um, gosh, dwelling place, we're so blessed, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> um, yeah, but I bless all of you in the name of Jesus, particular Terry. <laughs> just, I'm so thankful for our friendship, and um, I mean, this isn't news. We talk so much about how much we love each other, so. <laughs> but I just thank God for Terry. He reminds me so much of Enoch, um, how he just every day, walks with God, and it's such a honor and a privilege for us to just be his friend, and, and kind of, if, when we, like, stand next to Terry and walk with Terry, it feels like, I don't know, it just feels like the easiest thing in the world to walk with God, because he just, he walks with God every day, and it's, um, I don't know, it's just such a joy, so anyway, we, we love you so much. Um, thank you all. <laughs> just thank you all so much for just all that you've um, invested in my life personally and in my marriage and my family and all that you've sown uh, into my life. And I just want to say that we have need of you, that our generation needs your generation. And just on behalf of our generation, I just ask you to forgive us if we've ever communicated in our words or our actions that we don't need you, because we need you. We need you. We need you. Uh, when you all came up here, I just see a treasure chest, God's treasure chest, and just beautiful different colors and shapes and shiny and um, it's not just your function, but it's who you are. You are treasure, and we are so thankful for you. We are blessed um, that God has put you here. So thank you. I just wanted to say thank you to each of you. And as you came up, there were a few of you that stood out to me that there was like a word that embodies who you are. Um, and so for those of you, Lois, kindness. Um, Bev, Wisdom, Papa John, Papa, <laughs> um, and Tony, Steadfast Love. Uh, I guess I'm going to speak for Eagle's Nest. Uh, Miss Tony, thank you for uh, making all this possible. Uh, Ron, thank you for coming to spending time with us. We appreciate it. Uh, to all y'all, thank you for uh, 
making us feel welcome in the altar love. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to um, say yes, I see the wall, but I, and I see it as a, a wall of jewels, you know, the, the wall that won't burn down, <laughs> the wall of, I just, I really feel like the Lord is saying that you guys have given a lot in relationship, in your own families, and in the community, in ways that you don't see. You've sown seeds in places where you haven't seen the fruitfulness maybe in your own lives, or you just haven't seen the increase yet. But all of those seeds are bearing fruit, even if it's not going to be in your own generation, even if you just don't see it in your own time. But I just feel like there is a huge harvest, you know, from the faithfulness of you guys just sowing every day in the relationships you're in that you will see in eternity. So I bless you guys. Thank you for sowing into the most important things, to sowing into your relationships in your families and in your workplaces and just everywhere you go. Thank you, guys. I heard the Lord say, wow. Not weathered, but wonderful. And he said, there's some of you that's looking in the mirror and you're saying weathered. And he's saying wonderful. He's saying well done. Wow. Wow, and so I just pray you receive that wonderful. Is there anybody else? I don't want to take too long, but. Hi, guys. So I'm going to kind of say something that others said, but I just was singing about the steadfastness and the faithfulness, kind of the keeping on, keeping going. And um, I just felt like um, this was something that I think about a lot, you know, keeping going when it's hard or, or when you feel like you failed or something like, you know, that kind of thing. And I felt I just wanted to bless every, all of you guys because I felt like there's at least some of you who have, like, who say, "Well, you know, that's not me. I I did quit. I I failed. I something." But I just wanted to bless you guys and just say that you didn't fail. Right? There's 
the story isn't over. Like it, and it never ends. When Jesus is there, I mean, even after you're gone, the story's not over. It's like your your legacy and your blessing and everything that you brought, even when you don't feel like you're doing it, um, is still there and it's going to keep on. So, thank you. So growing up, I kind of got to sit back and let you guys guard me from you know everything that came at my generation, and I want to say thank you because you've taught me how to do the same for my kids one day. And, um, you know, while I do want to thank you for everything you've done, um, I don't want to put a period at the end of this yet. You know, you have a lot, a lot longer to go, a lot more to do. And I know for my sake, I'm going to need every, every single one of you guys still for a little more. Love you guys. So the thing that I've kept thinking about is my generation and younger we are, society surrounds us and is constantly reaffirming to us individuality, egocentrism. Okay? It's all about me. What do I need? What do I want? You guys, I look at you and I see community. I see us. And then I look back at this body and I see the fruit of your community is us. So please, we still need that. <laughs> Terribly, because we, we are surrounded constantly. Do what you need. Do what you need. You guys understand. And you guys have the inheritance of us. Thank you. So um, one of the things that um, kind of have a testimony, but a way to transition and... Um, one of the things in my, if I look back over my spiritual life or just life in general, I don't really have crazy amounts of regrets or just crazy amounts of crazy hard things, this, that, and the other. Obviously, you know, ins and outs. But one of the things I do regret is that I was never in a position spiritually to ever receive anything that my, I had three sets of grandparents. I always thought people had three grandparents, three sets of grandparents growing up until I figured out that that's not always the case. But, but, um, one of those sets of grandparents were very uh, spiritually inclined. They were just spirit-filled. They were just always giving, always uh, speaking. And it, it got to a place where, you know, they passed away before I, you know, we start, just started walking with the Lord before they passed away. And I, I just really never asked them or said, hey, can you just, like, speak over, declare, just continue to pass on what you have, keep going with what you have? continue to pass into the, you know I think there's something in that that choose what Rick said like give away inheritance because you, you got a lot to give and it God will continue to give into you to give more and so I just uh, want to pray a blessing over them can we just all stand just going to pray a blessing over them and then I'm going to ask some of these that are doubled up to kind of move a little bit forward and I just encourage you as a family um, as an individual, whatever you are in this right now in this season, I just encourage you come and let some of these men and women um, of wisdom and life and kingdom let them lay hands on you just just to pray, just to pray over you and to speak over you. Um, don't again, you know. I think there's things in them that 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 need to you know that that need to be uh, released. 
All right. And before I pray, I want to speak one thing. I forgot to make an announcement earlier. This Wednesday, I know on the sheets we said learning to live. We're actually going to do a Joel meeting. We just need to walk uh, some things out, some family things. And we just really want to invite you, if you're a part of dwelling place, you've been a part of dwelling place, just to come and just need to walk through some things. Wednesday night, 630 to 638, um, we'll have child care and things like that. So please come if you can. And uh, we're going to uh, do that instead of learning to live for this Wednesday. And then learning to live will continue on uh, for the those next Wednesdays. All right? So before I pray. So I'm going to pray. If you want to come on up and get before any of these uh, men and women, feel free. One other thing, too. If you had something that you felt like you had for an individual that was standing up here that you maybe didn't get to speak, um, it, we don't have to just come up here and just ask them to pray. If you have something that you want to come and pray for them, or you want to come and bless them or speak to them, just individually, feel free to do that too. Um. Do you want to pray? Okay. Well, God, we just... God, I so don't want to speak flippant words right now. God, I want to agree with your heart for this generation, God. God, amazing, amazing, amazing men and women of God. Steadfast. God, perseverant. God, proven character. God, just monuments of hope and faith, God. God, we bless them. God, we bless them with more. We bless them with more knowledge of who you are, more knowledge of who they are. God, we bless them with more of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and fill them. It's been spoken over and over. They're not through. They're not through. We bless them with more. We bless them with, I bless the dreams that they've had that they still haven't seen come about. I bless them, God, that they would see them come. God, that their races would be finished, that they would see everything You've promised, God. We bless that in them. Completion over them, God. We speak that. Every vision, every dream that they've had, we speak completion over them, God, that they will not go uncompleted. God, I just ask that You would stir memories in their hearts of encounters they've had with You. God, things that have maybe laid dormant for a little while, God, we pray that You would kindle it afresh, God, that You would breathe on them. Just speak life into them, God. We thank You for them, God. God, I've said it over and over again. Everybody talks about a Joshua generation, God, but Joshua would have never made it without Moses. God, we need the Moseses that carry wisdom, that teach us how to go before the presence of God, that teach us about spending time with the Lord, the face-to-face intimate times, God. We need that. We need that example. We need that. God, I bless the years of intimacy and relationship that they've had with You. And I just pray for increase and more, God. Increase in more, God. God, we thank You for them. We seal Your promises over them in Jesus' name.
So if you want to come and be prayed for, or if you want to come and just pray for them, feel free. Um,